Hey there, have you ever liked to listen to tales when you were a kid of Itsy Bitsy Spider and Pinocchio, Humpty Dumpty, or all these Aesop fables, or all these things called fables, or mythologies of the one-eyed monster Cyclops, the Matador, the Beast, the different giants that walk the earth, and heroes like Hercules. Well, those are fables, folks. And we don't deal with fables. We deal with the solid word of God. And we don't mess around with I think or I feel or I like or I want it to be. We go to what says the word of God and what does the word of God say to me and how do I apply it for my life. And that's how you look at the word of God. If you want to hear more about this, you stay tuned after a word from our sponsors and you'll hear the rest of this story. God bless. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. It's me again, David, with another talk for you today. It's Friday. We're at uh, closing to the end of July. July 24, 2020. Wow, has time flown for us, man? Seems like we just started in the beginning of summer, and then we had uh, floods again. Life just kind of took a turn. And here we are closing in on the end of summer, close to it. August is like the last minute of any uh, vacation or fun trips you guys wanted to take or do. And then we're going to be right into the fall, which is my favorite time of the year. I can't wait for fall. So enough of that about the weather and the times of the seasons. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit today. It's Friday. Simple talk. I gave you a simple talk yesterday. Day before, I really believe I gave you enough to study if you are a studier of the Bible or if you are listening to me to try to verify something I might say because I do like to start controversy on purpose to get you to check things out and when you check things out your eyes may be opened at what I say in the Bible because one thing is for sure anything I say about the Bible you can check it out in the Bible and if it's not there you have a right to tell me but I double check and triple check and I really go over my scriptures to make sure I'm giving you the valid scriptures So today I got something for you to think about. It's going to be small and simple, but it's going to be packed with a lot of punch. It's going to get your minds twirling. It's about fables and how uh, fables are used throughout history. I'm not going to get into the history part of it, but everybody's heard of like Cecil's fables, the, you know, the Greeks and the mythology and all those type of things you know in school they like to use fables like Pinocchio and all the little stories they use to try to teach lessons and that's what a fable is it's like a fake story to teach you a lesson like a principle but the principle is usually skewed it's out of man's perception it's not coming from a God perspective where there's an authoritative judge looking down on you saying hey I'm gonna control the right and wrong of your life of man And I'm going to give you these rules and you have to pay attention to these rules. And if you do not pay attention to these rules, I'm going to come down and I'm going to take care of some things. Nobody likes to hear about the judge. 
And just because Jesus hasn't came down and judged you for your sin or for your wrongdoing doesn't mean that there's not a price to pay for what you're doing. Every one of us must hold account to the things that we're doing, right, wrong, or indifferent. The things we do in secret, the things we do behind closed doors or when men are not looking, or even the things that we feel guilty for. Our conscience is like a recorder. It records the feelings that we overturn sometimes. We kind of, the conscience will say, I'll give you an example. You see an item sitting on a desk, like let's say a $5 bill, and nobody's looking in the room and you pocket it. And then the person comes in and says, hey, I put $5 there. Has anybody seen it? And nobody says a word. And that feeling that you get inside, you overran that. You didn't want to do nothing about it. You just kind of hit it. You didn't want nobody to know it. And after a while of doing that, you kind of overrun that. So it's easier and easier. So friends will come over and say, hey, let's go rob a bank. And you say, let's go, let's go. And you go in there and you feel no more guilt because you've taken the conscience and you've wore it down to a place where it's not so sharp. It's kind of blunt. And so when it does say, hey, this is wrong, it's not wrong out of the fact of right and wrong and that you really feel bad for what you're doing. It's out of, I'm going to get caught. And if I get caught, that's a bad thing. And then you get mad about the fact of being caught. So it's no longer about what's really right and wrong. It's about how you can get away with it. And most people are walking in the presence of God in the church and in the things of God with that mentality. It's if I can get away with it, if I can get to the altar and I can pray, God's going to be okay with what I'm doing. He'll overlook it. But you got to be very careful with that. That's a fine line that you're walking there, folks, because our God is a judge. And even though he's let mercy flow across the land, at any time he can call forth to see what you're doing and you might not be producing the right attitude the right character content you might be doing something that's really not right and just because you feel alright or somebody else is around you validating what you're doing you think it's okay don't do that today guys live on the side of right with Jesus and you'll be alright so enough of that little ramble let's do something here 1 Timothy, I'm just going to read a few of these. They're out of different versions of the Bible probably, but you can go back and look at them. These are just going to hit parts that I want you to focus on. 2 Kings 14.9 is a good thought to show you that in the Old Testament, Jehosh, king of Israel, sent Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thorn bush which was in Lebanon sent to the cedar which was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son in marriage, but there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trampled the thorn bush. So you see they're using characters in the Bible in these areas to demonstrate a principle, like something that he wants. It also is in Judges 9, 7 through 15. You can read that also. I'm not going to focus on that part. I just want to show you what kind of fables are. 1 Timothy 1, 4. Nor to pay attention to the myths and endless genealogies which give rise to more mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God which is by faith. So one of the things that you don't want myths or genealogies, endless genealogies or, or fables or those type of things or speculation is those things rise more doubt. They give you more doubt rather than furthering the administration of God. What is the administration of God? The works of God. You're actually doing something for the kingdom of God. Where more people, there's more people in the church I see in the day and age we're in 
I'm going to read you a few more verses. And they've, they've given rise to preachers that will come and tell them stories. They'd rather hear stories than hear what thus says the Word of God. And so many people are misinterpreting the Bible on feelings. They're believing a system. Many people over different denominations believe systems on the basis of feelings. So they'll say things like, I just don't think God would do this. I don't believe God would do this. Even though scripture's plainly saying it in their face, they'll say things like that <clears throat> because they try to compare God to what men will do, women will do, what families will do, and not what a God will do, not what a just God will do that put down laws and says, for example, in the Bible, in the very beginning, do not touch the tree. Don't even go near the tree. Don't eat the fruit of the tree. When you do that stuff, bad things are going to happen to you, man. And I'm telling you now, don't do it. And they did it. They broke the laws of God because of their feelings. They they looked at it with their eye and they saw that it was good to be desired, one to make one wise. And they looked at all these things. And this is in the Bible in the very beginning in Genesis. You can go and study the first book. But this is what men and women did in the very beginning. They looked at God's law and says, I don't think God will worry about this. And they did their own way of doing it by listening to a snake that came along and just said the right words at the right time and they bought into it. Now you would think that the snake would be the total fault that God would come in and say, okay, you guys listen to the snake. It's not your fault. Let me punish the snake. No, he punished every participant of that party. Now that was old Testament. And I know we're in the new Testament, but you're not going to get away from that because in the new Testament revelations in the very end, he talks about those that are going to make it in and those that are not going to make it in those that are blotted out of the book of life. So they've been put in the book of life at one time, but their name has been removed. That means they're, that they were not unsaved people from the beginning. These, these means that they, they had a salvation plan with God. They were saved in the kingdom of God. And God, for whatever the reason was of judgment, had blotted their names out of. And it even says in Second Thessalonians, for this cause, I, I will send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie and be reserved unto damnation. Now, if you're already lost and believing lies, why would God have to send you a, a strong delusion? That's for people that have been walking with Jesus, that have been walking in his plan, his graces, his miracle, his word, but for some reason had erred on the path of sin. And so God says, I'm done with that and sends them a strong delusion and reserves them until that day of judgment. Now, that's a scary place to be, folks. Now, how do you know when you're right and wrong? Well, the scriptures tell you. But we're not going to get in that. In the days coming, and the weeks coming, I will hit on more of these harder topics to get you know, more of a grasp on things in the way that I see them and the way that God has revealed them to me and through study and through generations of you know, what, what has been taught. I'll share things with you. 1 Timothy 4, 6-7 through 7. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, disciple, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now there's a word there that most people do not like. They don't like that word godliness. And they've watered it down, they've changed it, they've totally made made it something else. But that's another word that you really have to focus on in the Bible. Because 
disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness. So there's a way of disciplining yourself for the things that you're doing are godly. Now, many of us, many of us under the sound of my voice and many of us that I've seen over the years and quite frankly, almost all of mankind can do better in disciplining themselves for the purpose of godliness. If you think that you are a preacher, you're a man of God, you're a woman of God, or anything, and you have you have arrived, you have no more reason to change anything, clean up anything, do anything better for God. You've arrived on that pillar, and you're going to stay on that ledge for the rest of the days until it's time to go, maybe die and meet Jesus. You're done. You've got it all. You've got the cat by the tail. You're happy. Well, you failed. Because disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness, discipline never stops. It's something you will do to the day you die. Disciplining yourself is growing. It's finding out what God can do in my life and how I can please God. And if God is requiring something challenging in my life, I might have to do a sacrifice because sacrifices hurt. The day sacrifices don't hurt, it's no longer a sacrifice. By the fact that it doesn't hurt changes the fact that it's a sacrifice. It's no longer a sacrifice. Sacrifices cost. They're going to cost you a lot. And they're very painful to do. They're very hard. That's why it's called a sacrifice. Discipline is not easy. Waking up at an alarm clock. Going to work on the required time. Being early. Being prompt. Being clean. Doing the things you're supposed to do to constitute a good worker is discipline. If you're going to be in a gym and you're going to work out, you're going to have to get up early, go there, spend time, set time apart to be in the gym. Do disciplines, do repetitions, do the things that are going to be a discipline to keep you focused because you can't just say, I don't feel like it today, I'll do it today and not go and vacillate back and forth and never be disciplined in whatever you're seeking. You have to have focus, you have to have drive, you have to have these things to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, much much to unpack there for you folks. If you really are on a, on a pursuit these are words that you're going to have to struggle with. 2 Peter 1.16 For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Majesty. We didn't tell you tables. We didn't devise them. We, didn't, we made known the power of the coming of the Lord Jesus. It was not done through fables. Okay? So, 1 Timothy 1, 3-4 As I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remember, remain on the Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to more speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. That's the thematic Bible. It's giving you another way of looking at it. Administration, furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. First, or Titus 1, 10 through 14. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. One of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Creations are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. And you could read more in Titus 1, 10 through 14. 
That's in the thematic Bible, so it gives you a good a good picture of this. Okay, let's look at 2 Timothy in this same version. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance in their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Things that are myths, things that are not true, things that sound good. They have the they have the appearance of everything that it takes to become good and do what's right, but it's false and it will lead you astray just to make sure that their ears are not hurting from what they're hearing. And I'll leave it there and I'll just close with a thought here. There's a lot of people that I've come in contact over my life many, 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 from different walks of life that will say things not right in your face, but they'll let you know that if you say anything about what I'm doing or where I'm going or how I'm living or what I'm doing, because me and Jesus got an understanding. I went to the altar and he's okay with what I'm doing. I can sin. I can do this. It's not a sin what I'm doing. It's either a sin or it's not a sin or this thing that I'm doing is not acceptable, but me and Jesus got an understanding and he's given me an okay to do it, but everybody else can't do it. And this is what me and Jesus got. We got this thing worked out. So how can you, with great patience and instruction, how can you have great patience and instruction? What is instructions? That's, that's hard work right there, folks. And if you ever opened up a product, if you ever bought a product that was in pieces, because that's what they sell them mostly nowadays, because if you're going to get anything really good, handmade, somebody worked out the process for you, put the product together, but you're going to pay for it. But if you don't want to pay the full price, you go and buy a product that's disassembled and you get a thing called instructions in the bag, in the box. And you got to lay it out and you got to follow it piece by piece and find out and they and they detail where the bolts go what size knot what where it goes here what you got to do here how you place this part into this part and it lays it out for you now you don't have to follow that but and you're gonna you're gonna at the end if you're so talented you're gonna have a product there but it's gonna be missing something that's not gonna work properly and you can't blame nobody but the fact that you didn't follow the instructions it wasn't the person that made the products fault it was the person that chose not to follow those instructions or to set them aside. I say all that because if you're going to instruct others, if you're going to be a leader in front of others, then what are you following? Do you break rules? Is what you're doing okay? Are the things that you're doing that are offending other people okay in the eyes of God? Because as you offend all these little ones and you send them scattering everywhere else and you justify it by the fact that you and God have a walk and you God have an understanding. You got to be very careful. That's that's fables, brother and sister. Because that's not the word of God. Sound doctrine. That's another word they use. Sound doctrine. That's something that's totally perfect. There's no flaw in it. The Bible does not make mistakes when it tells you something. And this is a lot to chew on today. I'll get into some really deep topics in the coming coming ahead. I've been slowly pointing and getting into them as we've been walking further. But I'm just trying to slowly get into it with you so we don't overwhelm whelm your brain cells out there. 
and we're going to go to new levels. I got new plans. I've been working on things. I got lots of stuff happening for the future. You're going to want to be a part of this because this kingdom is amazing and it's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And this ministry that is flowing into this kingdom that is channeled is something you're going to want to sow into because you're going to reap a, a blessing, a great blessing because I'm going to pray for you and you're going to help further the kingdom of God. So let's work together. Let's do something great. And with that, God bless. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast today. It's Friday. It's getting close to being the weekend. And if you're listening to this any other day of the week, sorry you missed Friday, but another Friday will come unless the Lord Jesus Christ says enough's enough. And I appreciate you, all my sponsors out there. I hope something in what I said today sparks a thought process, something to further you and your walk with God. And I love you, and I hope you have a great day. God bless.